Get ready for unique, rare, and little-known treasures from the golden age of radio. You're listening to The Amazing World of Radio with Adam Graham. Welcome to the Summer of Bogart. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Check out our YouTube archive, youtube.greatdetectives.net. And you can follow my regular daily podcast, The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, greatdetectives.net. This program is brought to you by the vote of my Patreon supporters, patreon.greatdetectives.net. Thank you for all of your support and for making this series uh, possible this summer. Well, there are gangster roles, and then there are gangster roles. You know, you have the serious Duke Manatee-style uh, gangsters, and then you have comedy gangsters. The type that Sheldon Leonard did so many of in the 1940s and 50s. So what we have today is Bogart playing a comedy gangster. We return to the Screen Guild Theater for uh, an episode from January 26, 1941, and the title is If She Could Only Cook. Alice Faye, Herbert Marshall, Humphrey Bogart. Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Your host, the director of the star's own theater, Roger Pryor. Good evening, everyone. Your neighborhood good Gulf dealer in the Gulf Oil Companies welcome you to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. There's standing room only in the Gulf Theater tonight... Hundreds of fans and motion picture people, too, have thronged here to the Gulf Theater in the heart of Hollywood to see one of the brightest comedies of recent years, If You Could Only Cook. The stars, three of Hollywood's greatest, Alice Faye, Herbert Marshall, and Humphrey Bogart. The music, as usual, will be by Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra, with Frank Tours conducting. With just a moment before our curtain rises and our play begins. Just time enough for me to mention that for years, America has led the world as a great nation of automobile owners. Millions upon millions of private cars and thousands of miles of good roads have made this country more and more travel-minded. Now, with the completion yesterday of the greatest flight of private planes in all history, America proves that she can become supreme on the airways as well as on the highways. A great flight of more than 1,200 light planes has just been made an amazing cross-country tour, totaling more than three million miles in all, and without a casualty. This tour, along the famous four Gulf Airways to Florida, sponsored by the Gulf Oil Companies and directed by Gulf's Major Al Williams, is a great tribute to the skill of the individual pilots and to the high quality of the Gulf gasolines and Gulf motor oils used exclusively for this trip. Thus, once again... The same Gulf quality that you get when you stop your car at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc has helped make another first in the history of transportation. <laughs> that applause you hear, ladies and gentlemen, is for Alice Faye, Herbert Marshall, and Humphrey Bogart, who are just entering our Gulf Theater stage. They step to the microphones, and we present If You Could Only Cook with Herbert Marshall as Jim Buchanan, a somewhat harassed automobile executive, 
Alice Fay as Joan Masters, a young lady looking for a job, and Humphrey Bogart as the big-time racketeer Dan Nolan. I'll step into the role of his henchman, Flash. Here's the cue to the orchestra, and the show is on. Buchanan Automobile Company. Mr. Buchanan, one moment, please. I'll connect you with the secretary. This is Buchanan's office. I'm sorry he isn't in. Who? Oh, Miss Fletcher. But he isn't in, Miss Fletcher. Sure, I know he's going to marry you next week, but until then, he's his own boss, isn't he? Look, he erupted out of a director's meeting half an hour ago. Well, you might reach him by carrier pigeon. You see, every time he gets upset, he takes himself for a walk in the park. What's that, Miss Fletcher? How do I know what's for? Go away, pigeons. Shoo, go on. I haven't any peanuts. Go away. Make yourself a nice pigeon nest and sit in it. You know, you birds are just as stubborn as my board of directors. Only you sound a little more intelligent. You're welcome. All right, since you insist upon this board meeting, I'll tell you what I think of each one of you. You, Flanagan. I was designing automobiles while you were still selling insurance. And you, Mr. Collins. You're still living in the day when a buggy whip was standard equipment on every horseless carriage. Mr. Lennon, you're a fool. Brown, you're an idiot. Jones, you're an nincompoop. You, uh, you forgot the little moth-eaten pigeon here on the end. Huh? Who? Oh, I beg your pardon. I didn't know there was anybody else on the bench. Don't mind me. If you want to tell these pigeons off, go right ahead. I really haven't... Well, I have nothing against pigeons. I know. You've lost your job and you're mad at the world. Isn't that right? Here. Better look this over. Look, uh, look whatever. The want ads. Help wanted mail. Oh. Well, you see, I, uh, I don't really want... Oh, you'll never find anything if you don't look. You don't want to go on relief, do you? Well, I'd like to avoid that as long as possible. What kind of work do you do? Oh, typist, secretary. What's your particular line? Automobiles. Grease monkey, huh? <laughs> Bet you look cute in a uniform. Well, see anything in the paper you like? Mm, no, there's nothing that really appeals to me. Well, when you've been out of a job as long as I have, you won't be so particular. Gee, I wish I was a couple. A uh, couple of what? People. The only good ads are for couples. Here. Here, just look at this one. Yeah, you're right here. Cook and Butler, 175 a month. Wow. Now, if you could only cook. But I can. I'm a marvelous cook. Say, wait a minute. Can you bottle? Bottle? Yeah. Yeah, you know. You know. Very good, sir. Dinner is served, madame. You coach, sir. Well, there's nothing difficult about that. Well, then, what are we waiting for? Come on. No, wait a minute. No, not so fast. Look, it's a job, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but we're, we're not a couple. Well, that is, we are a couple, but not in a legal sense. Anyway, I haven't said I'd do it. But you have to well, do it's it. It's fantastic. I'd, I'd like to talk it over. Oh, I'll save your talk for the interview. The chance of a lifetime for both of us. Wait till I look up the address. But look, I don't even know you. We right here. Here, it is, here like... it is, here it is. Apply to D.F. Nolan. Nolan Manor, Longhaven. Come on, let's go. Now, wait a... Nolan? Did you say D.F. Nolan? Uh-huh. Why, my dear girl, Nolan's the biggest racketeer in the city. I wouldn't care if he had six heads. He's still paying 175 a month. Come on, come on, what do you say? Wait. I'll take it up with my board of directors. What do you say, Mr. Fanagan? And you, Mr. Collins? No, you think I shouldn't go, eh? 
Well, you can all go jump in the lake. You mean... You mean we're going after that job? You bet we are. And let's hurry before some other couple beats us to it. Okay, Flash, start running them in. Send me the next couple. Okay, boss. Quiet! Ah, uh, wait your turn, wait your turn. Hey, uh, hey, you in the front, sir. Come on in. Hey, Ben, thank you. Uh, never mind tanking him. Let me see what you can do on that stove. Yeah. What's the recipe of your Bernays sauce? How much garlic do you use? Garlic? In this sauce, I Ben, use no garlic, Mr. Nolan. No I garlic. Use... No garlic. Get out. Go on. But you want the keep, you No know. garlic. Send in the next one, Flash. Okay, Frenchie, you're next. Uh, hey, come on, tell the boss what you can do with garlic. Ah, the garlic, Monsieur Nolan, huh? Ah, you like garlic, huh? Oh, oui. It is the perfume of the Epicure. Ah, gee. Gee, when you say it like that, it sounds good, too. Uh, well, you take a medium-sized piece like this, drop it into the sauce. So what? What? Did you hear that flash? He drops it into the sauce. Get out, get out before I throw you out. On your way, Frenchie, on your way. Uh, here's the next couple, boss. Uh, Butler and Cook. The guy seems to know his onions, but you better ask the dame about her garlic. Oh, come here, here, sister. Now, uh, how much garlic do you use in Bernays sauce? Garlic, Mr. Nolan? Well, uh... Well? Well, uh... In this particular sauce, you want only the ghost of the shadow of the flavor of garlic. Ah, the ghost of the shadow. Mm -hmm. The garlic should be suspended between thumb and forefinger above the saucepan and gently wafted back and forth like this. Ah, the ghost of a shadow wafted back and forth. <laughs> there. Now taste that, Mr. Nolan. Mm. Oh, baby, baby, the job is yours. Honest? Sure, say, what's your name? Joan. Okay, and how about your old man? My name is James, sir. Um, James Burns. Swell, swell. I always wanted a butler named James. Uh, wait, wait a minute, boss. Now, what's the matter, Flash? Well, if I'm going to bodyguard you, i got to ask these a couple of questions. Ah, oh, you and your sense of duty. Hey, uh, you two got references? 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 <laughs> well, you see, sir, unfortunately... Our trunks were lost. Yeah, they, they, they fell off the boat. What boat? Well, what difference did it make what boat? They fell off the boat. They're hired. Now, wait a minute, boss. I got a right to know what boat. Of course, it, it was, uh, it was the Mauritania. There, there. You see, Flash? Now, that's enough questions. Take them upstairs and show them where they bunk. I'm going to lap up the rest of this sauce. Ah, the ghost of the shadow. <laughs> Flash, you don't mean there's only one bedroom? Well, sure, there's only the two of you, ain't there? Don't tell me you got a flock of kids. No, 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 there's just the two of us. Well, then what do you expect? Oh, I suppose where you worked before, you had a whole suite, huh, Toots? Hey, 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 that's good, Toots suite. <laughs> Very funny, good night, sir. You, you don't get it, I said, uh, whole suite, Toots, good suite, huh? <laughs> Thank you very much, good night, sir. Uh, okay. The boss wants his breakfast at eight. That's the trouble with these servants. They ain't got no sense of humor. Well, Joan, it was nice while it lasted anyway. What do you mean? Well, I mean, obviously, we can't stay in the same room. Oh, I, I know we can't. But there's a balcony right outside that door. We'll take turns. One of us sleeps in here, and then the other one... Gets pneumonia, hmm? <laughs> All right, give me the blanket. Oh, Jim. 
You aren't angry. Angry? Why, I'm as happy as a bird. I probably feel like one sleeping on the balcony. Well, I, I know I rushed into this thing, and I hope you won't be sorry. You see, things have been going so badly for me, I, I just had to do something. No job, no money. Honestly, I was desperate. Why, you poor... I guess we better not talk about it tonight. But I, I do want you to know how I feel. Well, here's your blanket. Thanks. I, uh... Well, good night, uh... Mrs. Burns? <laughs> Sounds funny, doesn't it? Good night, Mr. Burns. Oh, you, um... You won't have to lock that door. Oh, thank you. Well? Good night. Well, I... I hope it'll be cozy for you. What was that? I said I, uh, I hope it won't be too cold for you. Oh. Oh. Well, uh, good night. <laughs> good night. Well, well, uh, good night. Good night. Vines all settled, Flash? Yeah, but boss, I tell you, there's something phony about them two. Ah, you're too suspicious. Boy, what a cook. I'll lay you six, two, and even right now, that guy's a G-man. Yeah, well, since when does a G-man travel around with a dame? She could be a G-woman, couldn't she? <laughs> now, listen, Flash, if there's anything phony with either one of them, they ain't gonna live to talk about it. Now, stop worrying. Okay, okay. Oh, but say, I just thought of something. They said they came over this morning on a Mauritania, didn't they? So what? So the Mauritania happens to be a troop transport now. So what? So if they was on the Mauritania, they ain't a cook and a butler. There are a couple of English soldiers in Egypt. <laughs> okay, okay, just keep your eye on them. Just keep your eye on them, that's all. And tell the boys not to open up when they're around. I still ain't gonna lose a cook like that. Hey. Hey. Hey, look out the window. Oh, what is it, boss? Look, up there on the sleeping porch. Who's that guy with the blanket? Well, it ain't no Indian. It's that guy, James. I told you something was phony. He's gonna sleep out on the porch. Now, put that gun away, will you? Now, you see? Supposed to be married, huh? And she's sleeping in a bedroom, and he's sleeping on the porch. Now, what do you think of your friend, the G-man? I think he's a dope. The Gulf Curtain will rise immediately after our usual brief intermission. While we're waiting, we'd like to debunk some of the things you've been hearing lately and give you the straight-from-the-shoulder facts. All right, bud. You know, folks, these days you hear a great deal about quick starting for your automobile. And a lot of the things you hear make quick starting seem like something magical and mysterious. But it's not at all. Just remember this. Quick starting depends primarily on two things. Your motor oil and your gasoline. When you step on the starter, your motor oil can either help your motor turn over or hinder it. And your gasoline will either fire immediately or it won't. That's the whole thing in a nutshell. And that is why we urge you to use Gulf's quick-starting team, Gulf Pride Motor Oil and Gulf No-Knox Gasoline. Gulf Pride Motor Oil because it's free-flowing, therefore helps your motor turn over even in the coldest weather. And Gulf No-Knox Gasoline because it fires in a flash, even in icy cold cylinders. Moreover... Gulf Pride Motor Oil and Gulf No-Knox give you a smooth, quiet-running motor. So if you want a quick starting, stop at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc for Gulf Pride Motor Oil and Gulf No-Knox Gasoline. 
week later, we find our four friends pretty much as we left them, only more so. Nolan is crazy about Jones cooking and is eating his head off. Flash still has his watchful eye and his suspicious leer, only more so. Joan is interested in her job, and Jim, Jim Buchanan, alias James Byrne, is interested in Joan, only more so. As our scene opens, Dan Nolan is at the dinner table, still eating his head off. I'll have another generous helping of that stuff, sister. It's delicious. Oh, but Mr. Nolan, I've already filled your plate eight times. What do you mean, eight times? It was only seven. What do you think, I'm a pig? Very well, Mr. Nolan. You can have all you like. Do you mind if I go to the kitchen? I have some work to do. Okay, okay, but leave the bowl here. Thank you. Why, Jim, what do you think you're doing? I thought I'd wash the dishes so you'd have a little less work to do. Well, thanks. But since when do you wash dishes with a whisk broom? Well, well, I couldn't find anything else. It does a good job. You know, I've been watching you for the past week, and I don't think you've ever done any real work in your whole life. That's ridiculous. Where did you work last? Why, uh, the um, Buchanan Automobile Company. What were you, shipping clerk? No, I was really very close to Mr. Buchanan. Bucky, I called him. Really? I suppose you could walk right into Jim's private office. Jim? You mean Bucky? No, I, I used to call him Jim. Oh. You were very close to him, too, huh? Mm-hmm. I was his private secretary. He couldn't make a move without me. Really? Now, tell me more. Well, as a matter of fact, I'd still be with him. But, you know, his fiancée is very jealous. She certainly is. I mean, I've heard a lot of office gossip. But he writes me and begs me to come back. You see, he's really in love with me. Yes, I think he is. I mean, I can see that he couldn't help it. Oh, he's wonderful. So noble, so tender, so sweet. And, oh, so romantic. Your, um, your dripping soap suds on the floor. Why... Do you know he cried like a baby? He was so heartbroken. But I told him to be brave. It was probably for the best. You know, things generally are. Oh, I guess it's fate. Evelyn Fletcher gets married tomorrow and gets James Buchanan. And when I get married someday, what'll I get? I don't know. What? Ah, probably get stuck with somebody like you. <laughs> For me, Mr. Nolan? Yeah, Joan, sit down. Sit down. I want to talk to you. Go on, sit down. Well, really, Mr. Nolan, I've got lamb chops in the oven and I. Ah, lamb chops. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but business before pleasure. Now, now, this is important. Is there something wrong with my cooking? No, no, no. It's divine. It's divine. It's the nuts. <laughs> You're a swell cook and coming for me, that's something. Oh, thank you. Now, what I got to say is about that old man of yours. You know, James. Oh, has he done something wrong? He ain't doing right. Say, uh, you and him been married long? Well, uh, yes, quite some time now. Are you, are you happy? Oh, of course. Well, then how come he sleeps out on a porch? Answer me that. <laughs> well, uh, you see, he, he's a, he's a fresh air fiend. <laughs> that ain't what I call him. <laughs> Say, uh, come here, baby. Mr. Nolan. Mr. Hey, Nolan, please. Now, look, look. Why don't you get no. rid of that dope? A beautiful doll like you Mr. ought to have buckets of diamonds Mr. and a couple of mink housecoats and a pack of yachts. Oh, Mr. Nolan, my, my lamb chops. Ah, oh, lamb chops. Um, and then, now, 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 look, Joan, I ain't so hard to take, am oh, Mr. I? Mr. Nolan, please stop that. Now, don't oh, you do now, that, come Mr. on Nolan. now, Joanie, come Mr. on. Mr. Nolan, if you please. Huh? Oh, uh, oh, hello, James. 
Perhaps you two would like me to be alone. <laughs> Jim, we were just... All right, Joan, you get upstairs and pack. Hey, now, look here, wise guy. Mr. Nolan, Joan and I are quitting. Jim. Oh, now, wait a minute, James. You don't want to fly off the handle. It's a fine thing when a married man can't trust his employer. Yeah, but I wasn't doing anything. Honest, I wasn't. I, I was only complimenting her lamb chops. <laughs> Go on, Joan. I said pack our things. Now, look, James, I don't care if you are a husband. You can't come between me and her cooking. Maybe I was a little rough, but let's not get excited over a little thing like that. Now, look, I'll double your salary, see, and I won't even talk to Joan anymore. Now, what do you say to that? Absolutely not. Well, think about it, Mr. Nolan. Oh, now, please, please, if you'll just stay, I'll, I'll be good. Honest, I will. And double the salary. Now, look, Joan, you're sure not thinking of staying. Well, why not? There's nothing vicious about Nolan. Why, he's as harmless as a kitten. Yes, and you're catnip for him. Now, Jim, let's sit down a minute and discuss this like sensible human beings. There's nothing to discuss. Come on, let's get packed. But why? I don't see any reason for it. No reason. Do you think I can go on working for a man who makes passes at my wife? Your wife? Certainly. What kind of a husband do you think I am? Why, we're, we're not even married. Uh, oh, that's right. I seem to be forgetting that. Joan? Yes, Jim? Joan, I... Well, I don't know exactly how to say this. Yes, Jim. Well, what I mean is, what if this fellow James Buchanan, the one you said was in love with you, what if he were to come to you... Oh, he won't. No, but suppose he did. What if he decided that he couldn't marry Evelyn Fletcher tomorrow? He was too much in love with you. Oh, Jim Buchanan would never do a thing like that. What makes you think he wouldn't? Well, he's just not that sort of man. Jim told this Evelyn he'd marry her, and he will. He'd never back out on a deal. Well, but what if he knew he was madly in love with you? But he'd never be happy with the other girl. Well, he'd, he'd keep it to himself. That's because he's honorable and fine. That's what I loved about him. You don't know what you talked yourself into. Now, look, let's not talk about James Buchanan anymore. What was it you wanted to tell me, Jim? Not a thing, Joan. Not a single blessed thing. Don't stand there with a dumb look on your pan. I'm asking a simple question. Where's my butler? Where's my cook? And where's my breakfast? And I'm trying to tell you, boss, that James guy has took a run-out powder, your cook's crying all over the kitchen, and you ain't got no breakfast. Oh. Is that so? Well, is that so? Just wait till I talk to that cook. Hey, hey, you. Yes, Mr. Nolan. Oh, now, 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 now. Look, baby, nothing could be as tough as that. You mean for good? How do you know? He left me the note. Ah, oh, well. Well, you never ought to marry him in the first place. I, I never did. You mean he led you astray? Why, the dirty rat. <laughs> One of them gigolos, huh? Oh, now, don't, don't cry, baby. Don't cry. He ain't worth it. Now, look, I still think you're a swell dish. And that deal is still open. Now, how'd you like to go on cooking for me for the rest of your life? How'd you like to be Mrs. Dan Nolan, huh? Oh, you don't, you don't really mean that, Mr. Nolan. It's only that your kind stomach's gotten the better of your good heart. Oh, no, it ain't. No, it ain't. I've always dreamed of coming home after a hard day at the rackets. <laughs> and curling and curling up before the fire with a good cook. Oh, oh, you're very kind, but, but I, I couldn't marry you. I get it. I get it. You let me down easy. You're still in love with that James mug, huh? 
Yeah, but look, guy. Ah, oh, that ain't a skirt for you. Hey, Flash. Yeah, boss. Say. Hey, who, who do you think's got his picture in this paper? Hey, look, Panty Way, stop reading Superman and listen to me. Oh, no. <laughs> no, this ain't Superman. No, no, it's James. James? Yeah. You mean our James? Yeah, yeah, look. Look, he's getting married today to a society dame. Yeah, let me see that. Evelyn Fletcher and James Buchanan. You see, his name ain't even Boyne. Boy, does that Boyne me up. We'll be married today at the wedding chapel. Now, what'd I tell you? His name's Buchanan. No, it ain't. His name's Mud. Now, you get the boys, Flash, and tell them to meet me in half an hour. I'll show that guy he can't do this to the cook I love. Evelyn. Jim. Jim, you mustn't come in. You're not supposed to see me in my wedding dress until the ceremony. I've got to see you, Evelyn. I've got to talk to you. But, darling, there isn't time. There's the wedding march. Evelyn. Evelyn, I'm not going to let you make a mistake. Yes? Pardon me, it's time for the ceremony. We'll be right there, Reverend Tuttle. Thank you. Now, what do you mean you won't let me make a mistake? Well, well, I think you'll be very unhappy with me, Evelyn, and if you want to call off the wedding... Call off the wedding? Are you crazy? What about all my friends? What about all my bills? I, I mean, are you stark staring mad? Yes. I, I do hate to keep bothering you all the time, but, but the, the, the guests are becoming arrested. We'll be right out, Reverend Tuttle. Oh, thank you. Now, Mr. Buchanan, I'm waiting for an explanation. Now, look, Evelyn, you don't care anything about me. I know it. You know it. The whole town knows it. What's that got to do with it? Yes, come in! Excuse me, I do hate to keep annoying you this way, but the, the, the ceremony... Oh, oh, dear me, what's that? All right, all right, all right, everybody. Just stay put and you won't get hurt. Now, stand to one side, Grandpa. I beg your pardon. I'm Reverend Tuttle. Oh, well, stick around. Well, 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 if it ain't our little James... Hello, Nolan. What do you want? Get out of here. That's just what I'm doing, lady. Come on, James. I want to have a little talk but with you. But he can't go. He's getting married to me. Not I... on my time, he ain't. I... Come on, James. Move and move well, fast. I... You too, Reverend Tuttle. I? Get going. By all means. You'll excuse us, Evelyn. Stop! Come back! You can't get away with this, James. You can't. It's a trick. I'll show you for free. You promise. I'll sell for $50,000. i will sell for $100,000. i will sell for $50,000. That's enough, Flash. <laughs> okay. Okay, now. Now, let's get this thing over. Joan, you take hold of James's mitt like Reverend Tuttle says. Mr. Nolan, I refuse to be the bride at a machine gun wedding. See here, Nolan, I'd like to ask you something. You don't ask nothing. You've been trifling with her heart and ruining her cooking. <laughs> now you're going to marry her. But who said I wanted to marry him? Well, you told me you loved him not two hours ago. She did? Did you say that about me? Sure, right in here in this room. Now, go ahead, Reverend, make it short. <clears throat> Do you, James Buchanan, take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Buchanan? To... Did you say Buchanan? Sure, Jimmy Burns and James Buchanan I mean, uh, are one and the same guy. I mean to love, to honor, and... Buchanan? You're James Buchanan? And cherish, and will you please keep quiet? <laughs> yes, Buchanan, you know, the one you told me about. The one who's so sweet and understanding. As long as... Uh, Remember? I cried like a baby. I was so heartbroken. And you as told long me as to be brave. I do. Oh, how could you? Please, please, I can't go on with all this disturbance. Keep talking, keep talking. Oh, oh, please, sir, there's no need for gunplay. Do you, Joan Masters, take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? Go away from me. Leave me alone. Joan, wait. You've got to listen to me. You said once you were in love with J Jim Buchanan. To love, to honor. You said that already. Yes, but I have to say it to both of them. 
as long as you both still live. And you were laughing at me all the time, getting a great kick out of kidding me alone. Well, do you take him for your lawfully wedded husband? She does. Joan, darling. <laughs> I love you enough for two men, Jim Burns and in, Jim Buchanan. In sickness Look, and... I've, got a, I've got a great solution. Why don't you commit bigamy? Marry both of us. In sickness and in health? I don't want to get married. I don't want to have anything to do with men. I don't want to marry anybody. Whom God has joined asunder, let no man put together. Oh, I mean... Uh... <laughs> Joan, don't oh, you understand? Dear. I love you. Oh, Jim. I mean, whom God has put asunder. Oh, dear, what do I mean? You mean you pronounce a man and wife. Okay, now they're married. Now let's get back to the kitchen. I'm hungry. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, was the Gulf Screen Guild Theater's production of If You Could Only Cook. From the applause, there's no doubt that the audience here in the theater loved it every bit as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. And we're happy, too, that we were able to present Alice Fay, Herbert Marshall, and Humphrey Bogart in their first broadcast together. As you know, their performances, and the performances of all the stars who appear in the Gulf Theater, are donated. And in return, Gulf gives generously to the Motion Picture Relief Fund to help in the great work of building a home to provide for the workers in the picture industry who can no longer provide for themselves. Next week, the Gulf Screen Guild Theater brings you the show you've all been waiting for, that rip-snorting comedy western, Destry Rides Again, with Henry Fonda, Paulette Goddard, Walter Brennan, and Lloyd Nolan. So be sure to tune in next Sunday night at the same time when the Gulf Screen Guild Theater presents Paulette Goddard, Henry Fonda, Lloyd Nolan, and Walter Brennan in Destry Rides Again with music by Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra with Frank Tours conducting. Until then, this is Roger Pryor saying good night, everyone, for your neighborhood good Gulf dealer. Marshall may currently be seen in Warner Brothers' The Letter. Alice Bay has just completed Road to Rio at 20th Century Fox. Humphrey Bogart's latest for Warners is High Sierra. Buddy Houston speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Bogart was not in the screen version of this story, which was entitled, If You Could Only Cook, though Herbert Marshall was. This was actually released back in 1935. As I mentioned, this radio adaptation is from 1941, and you will see that on occasion with the Screen Guild Theater where they're working with a script that was several years behind. While if you listen to Lux Radio Theater, most of their uh, adaptations are fairly recent. In fact, the same year or just the year before. I think part of the reason for that is that the Screen Guild Theater's uh, focus on revenue was different. While Lux and many of the other uh, programs were trying to make a commercial profit, all of the... Uh, proceeds from the Screen Guild program went to support the Motion Picture Relief Fund because so many actors, particularly from the early era of Hollywood uh, during the silent film, 
you had players and technicians both run into the ground by just the sheer pace at which the movie studios operated. And of course, you did have other actors and technicians who came on hard times. And that was why the Motion Picture Relief Fund was founded. And so they try to keep costs low. And the costs are going to be less if you're dealing with a five or six year old movie particularly one that was just one screwball comedy among many, rather than if everything you have is a current year hit. This was funny. Uh, it was primarily funny because Humphrey Bogart was playing this role. Not funny per se. Listening to it, I had an impression this was not a 1941 story. Because you wouldn't find many stories... You know, you get to the late 30s, early 40s, that's going to be this uh, nonsensically screwball. A troubled automobile executive goes to a park and then ends up going off to apply for the position of butler to a racketeer with a woman he's never met before. That is 1930s screwball plot. Still, even if the plot is absurd, I think the execution's pretty good. It's helped by the strong actors, uh, Herbert Marshall in particular, and of course, uh, Bogey. And I should mention that Bogart does a lot of these uh, Screen Guild uh, programs over the course of his career, which uh, does show his overall dedication to his fellow actors and to the cause of the uh, Screen Guild uh, Relief Fund. All right, well, next week... No uh, gangsters. We're going to bring you something entirely different, but it'll have Humphrey Bogart in it, and you won't want to miss it. If you do have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Check out our uh, YouTube archive, youtube.greatdetectives.net, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.